Yeah, twenty five percent of it will probably be Daddy Goldblum, um, but <laughs> the rest, you know, we gotta talk about real shit. Um, we want to start this episode. Welcome to Film Topology. Oh yes, welcome to Film Topology. I am Tyler. I'm Adam, and this is definitely not a redo episode because we do everything right on the first take. That's right. We are, we are not redoing this episode for, because we fucked up the audio. For any reason. And if someone tried to make me redo this episode, I would tell them to go fuck themselves. Um, it seems so obvious that you were going to say go fuck <laughs> themselves that I thought you were going to like throw a wrinkle in there it's because i really know you just went for it well yeah it's because i really considered it for a second i was like no 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 go fuck themselves that's been done i I couldn't think of anything and i was like oh no if i wait any longer it's not gonna be funny yeah just go fuck yourself um yeah yeah what are we what are we talking about this uh that we definitely never talked about prior because this is our first time doing it exactly um actually uh i just want to take a second something we haven't done before in the episodes i want to welcome everybody i want to thank you so much for tuning in uh if you have fuck them how dare you listen to us who are you why are you even listening to us? it's true you're kind of something with your life true you're literally about to waste sitting on your ass listen to a podcast how dare you you're literally about to waste an hour and at least like an hour and a half of your time i would recommend you 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 exit uh spotify or whatever platform you listen on and um go live um touch grass that's right go touch some grass but uh but i know you ain't gonna do it sorry i'm just saying things now (laughs) my bad but i know you're not gonna do it because you love film and maybe history as much as we do so you're gonna stick around for the next hour and a half shut shut the fuck up you're ruining this yep that's what i'm going for uh if you have not already liked us, subscribed to us, followed us on whatever platform you are listening to us on, please go ahead and do so. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Um, we are also we're working on a Patreon. Yes, so by the time by the time this releases, we should have a huh? Patreon uh, link tree, some form of fan page where you guys are going to get extra content, um, extra mm-hmm. interaction with the show. You know, we want to have some people on. Um, we're kind of toying around with the idea of like a small membership fee, depending on how in-depth in the show you want to go. Um, but if you want to give a big membership fee, we will also take that. I will take any amount of money that you throw at me. I will also probably mm-hmm. do things for it. Um, it just depends on how much and what it is. So, um, yeah, fifteen bucks you get a strip tease. That seems fair to me. It's nothing great to look at. Yeah, mine. I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna keep it a hundred. You're gonna have to pay a lot more for mine. Oh, you know. that's fair. I, I mean, look at you. Look at me. I'm. I'm cheap. I don't know. Um, I don't have as much going on. You know. No, you're worse, man. Actually, um, but oh, yes, yeah, man. I think you could charge more. But yes, absolutely. Uh, by the time this releases, we're going to have a fan club. We would love it if everyone wanted to be a part of that. And, um, you know, we're not uh, we're not just trying to make this a ploy to get money from you guys. We really no, want to make... We absolutely, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's be transparent. Absolutely. But in exchange, we give you amazing entertainment, okay? 
You well, give us it, moolah. Yes. We entertain with our amazing personalities and uh, wisdom, movie wisdom slash history wisdom. We do research, okay? We do a lot, okay? Right. We, so we do want your damn money. We okay? do the hard but research we, so you don't have to. So that the next time you're watching a movie we've talked about, you can just turn to the next the person next for you and really annoy the shit out of them when you go, did you know yeah. that Leonardo DiCaprio actually hit the glass when he did that scene? I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> or like, did you know how many fucking sharks die a year <laughs> yeah. or killed a year? Because <laughs> Tyler doesn't. I did. <laughs> I don't. I still don't. You're welcome. I still don't. What was it like? It was like two hundred million. Oh, I thought it was like two thousand. Because you said a (laughs) hundred. I remember. I edited that clip. I know. I remember what I said. Uh, yeah. So you know. Yes. So we give us money. We give us money. Um, we want dollar dollar bills, y'all. Um, I'll take coins too. Uh, I. I will take the blooms. I don't fucking care. Throw some yin at me. Whatever. Um, as long as it spins. That's right. And you know, if we if we can actually get enough traction on that, we'd love to spend it. Um, even go even further with how much money we put into this. Um, you know, we would love to actually start real deal marketing campaigns. We'd love to actually get some guest speakers um, who from the in who've been in the industry. Dude, on, all right. Show. Hold on. Real quick, I want to just do a call shot. Speaking of which, okay, okay, one of one of the people who um, kind of solidified my love for film. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm trying to. Uh, what's the word? Manifest this. Okay. Okay. The two. There. Well, there's two people. I want to give credit to two people, and if we can ever get them as guests, like I'll actually like kind of cry because I think I made it. Um. So, number one. Man, do I even want to prioritize? I'll give them equal footing. I love you both, okay? Okay. Uh, Chris Stuckman. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-mm. Okay. He did. He does movie reviews on YouTube. He's been doing it for like over a decade. He loves film, and he actually landed his first director job, and he's like directing his first horror movie. Oh, awesome. Um. And he started, man, he had a dog shit set up initially. And if you see, like, where he started from to where he is now, like, love him. He he definitely kind of helped solidify my love for music or movies. And then shout outs to Jeremy Johns. I don't know if you ever heard of him. That's a name I'm a little familiar with. I don't know why, he, though. He also does movie reviews. And those two people... um. Also, if you're listening and you heard those names, check out their YouTube channels. It's literally just Chris Stuckman, Jeremy Johns. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. They're really good personalities. And without them, I don't know if I, I actually feel pretty confident I wouldn't be doing this fucking podcast. Like, really, it's a combination of having a job at the movies and and those people. I I would watch their videos over and over because I. I before them, I never viewed mu- movies in like a critical aspect. I just like you know, I liked it or I didn't. But they more. I don't want to throw Jeremy under bus in that sense. He kind of gives more of a everyman perspective on a lot of movies. But Chris Stuckman really focused on like technical aspects of every part of a movie that I didn't initially like focus on. 
And without him, like, I don't think I ever would have. I don't know if I would have, but like, that's what kind of wow, that's invigorated my love for movies. I mean, no, that that's great, man. Definitely. Um, I mean, build people up, give them a so, shout yeah. out for sure. I I just I find that interesting that you, so you didn't really uh like fall in love with cinema until you were, you know, like. I say high school. Yeah, you were like in late your late teens. Okay, that's mm-hmm. interesting. I don't know. Why. I just I, you struck me as like always forever loved film. I don't know, Mm-mm. but that's cool. Hey, you know what? Doesn't matter when you get on the train, man. Just as long as you buy the ticket, take the ride. I didn't buy the ticket. I worked at the movies. That's right. I didn't buy the ticket either. You got me in for free because you worked at the movies. Yeah, I just went in. That's right. <laughs> but no, I think it was that coupled with working at the movies and getting endless free movies. Yeah. I, I do think that's kind of what emboldened my love for film. Yeah. You always got some some free activity you can do, which is really valuable in a small town. All right. Uh so yes, thank you. Welcome to Film Topology. Thank you so much for being with us. Today we are going to talk about Jurassic Park. And this is where the music cues. <laughs> Oh yeah, you Are you actually gonna put the put it in? Uh, I guess. If I won't get in trouble for it, I'll do it. I don't give a shit. Um uh, <laughs> probably will. Got to pick that up with a little guy named John Williams. <laughs> no, he actually doesn't own the rights to that anymore. Um it'll be fucking universal coming after my ass. Um <laughs> So, we're going to be talking about Jurassic Park. Yes, the Jurassic Park, the dinosaur movie, and the impact that it had on not only cinema, the way movies are made, but also paleontology itself. So, Mm -hmm. let's get cracking. If uh, you're not familiar with Jurassic Park, I'm confused, but... Is a 1993 (laughs) film centering around a pair of paleontologists who get called by a very wealthy entrepreneur. Also very attractive paleontologists. Just throwing that yes, out. yes. Two very attractive paleontologists. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they got to go to an island. There's dinosaurs on it. There's dinosaurs there because they were genetically engineered based off of dinosaur DNA that these scientists found. And now they've turned all the dinosaurs into uh, attractions. It's a theme park. It's Jurassic Park. And hilarity. That's crazy. I know. And uh, yeah, hilarity (laughs) ensues. Um, (laughs) I don't think that's the right way to say it. Hilarity ensues. Yeah, I think what we probably want to... Uh, talk about most is the iconic shot of uh, Jeff Goldblum shirtless. Oh, rock. Oh, yeah, daddy. That, that's what this episode's about, right? Yeah, this is about. And the impact of that, just that single image on co- how that has on, sent on ripples throughout our culture. Yeah, we're going to be spending. That, that's what this episode's about, right? It can't be all about that, but we are going to be spending about twenty. It's mostly okay. Well, sorry, guys. Like, it's mostly about that. We'll talk about a few other. Yeah, twenty five percent of it will probably be Daddy Goldblum, um, but <laughs> the rest, you know, we got to talk about real shit. Um, hmm. <laughs> I resent that. Okay, no. that is real shit. Have you seen that picture? I've I've seen it. All right, oh, guys. Yeah. I, 
I'm going to talk to the editor here. That's clearly not here currently. All right, editor, I need you to put a picture of uh, Jeff in that shot, okay? And then I think our audience will understand. Yeah, we need to we need to add visuals to this. Honestly, I think, yeah. I think like when we do the episode, like that's the thumbnail. It's just him. Like, yeah. we do you think that's we, money? Do you think we could recreate the Daddy Goldblum shot? You and I? No. No, no, we should do it, and then that's the thumbnail. No, no, no. no. It, it's you. I mean, we can hold on. Let's let's read. Let me. We can try. Yes, okay. we can try. Can we? No. That's all. all right. I'm I'm aware it's not going to look as good, but like, you know, that, that's all I was saying. We can try. I'm down to try. I'm down. Let's do it. Um, it's just. All right, so a little. Picture? I don't. I feel like you haven't seen that picture recently. I. I don't think we get. <laughs> it's so good. I need to. I need to go back and look at it. I'll do it alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably best, honestly. I'll go. I'll do it alone at night tonight when I'm lonely. Um. No reason. Just yeah. I think that's probably the best time. All right. No, we don't. Diving. Don't cap the audience, as the kids say. Okay. <laughs> There's a reason. Okay. There's a reason. I don't need to say it. Sexual gratification, okay? Let's just be honest. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> just a little. Sorry. Just a hint. I really wanted to be hung up on this picture, though. It's just, a good picture. Just a hint of it's probably, my motivation. There's a chance I could say it's probably Jeff's best picture he's ever taken in his life, okay? Probably. But he's taking a lot of good pictures. He's taking a lot of great pictures. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember what the promo picture was for cats and dogs, but <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not. Who remembers? Actually, I do remember what the promo picture. It was the cat and the dog, like, like face off style. Of course, you would remember that. I was, I fucked with that movie hard, man. I didn't know who Jeff Goldblum was. I didn't give a shit. I was there. For I didn't movie. watch that movie. Oh man, dog shit. All right. <laughs> all right uh diving in here we're just gonna dive in after 46 minutes all right so a little bit of backstory just so you kind of know it's not gonna be 46 minutes from their perspective why would you say that no it's not i'm gonna edit it but just know i've been sitting here for 46 minutes and we're just now <laughs> getting into it so um a little bit of backstory on paleontology um, and how it actually kind of influenced the making of jurassic park uh, paleontology is a science that began in the 1800s. A man by the name of Richard Owen created the word dinosaur. Um, it became very popular in the late 1800s. There uh, were a lot of discoveries being made. Um, about five, I'm sorry, there were about 50 to 100 discovered at first, and that's 50 to 100 new species of dinosaur. Um, uh, then basically the 1900s come around, World War One starts, and nobody is focused on paleontology. No one's focused on dinosaurs at all. Makes sense. Um, and that's kind of how it is for about 50, 60 years. Uh, then in 1971, the CT scan was invented, and it, they begin using it for paleontology paleontological research in the early 19... Hey, just to be fair, that's a hard word. Yeah. That's a hard word. Just it's throw that out there. Film... I'm trying to, like, what's the film topology version of that? Film... 
<laughs> Film throw pollological. <laughs> right. So they begin using CT scans for paleontology in the early 1980s. Um, in the 1980s, they started doing this, and there were a bunch of new species discovered, and it began what they called a renaissance era for paleontology. Um, so in the 1980s, a author by the name of Michael Crichton, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, it might be Crichton, but Michael Crichton, um, he had done books such as Westworld, a book called Andromeda Strain. He had done some very well-received books. I don't know exactly if they were bestsellers, um, but he was a fairly prominent author. Um, he also began in the 1980s a script by the name of Emergency Room. Um, that began pre-production uh, with Amblin Entertainment. Uh, it it kind of got tossed around for a while and then just ended up not happening. And then eventually that script became the show ER. Oh, so, shit. So this guy effectively wrote ER. He was the creator of the show, more or less, um, which is basically the first... Medical, <coughs> medical show you know no problem that's basically yeah, the first yeah, yeah. no no gray's anatomy no scrubs no nothing that those are the those are the two top medical shows the gray's anatomy scrubs um <laughs> so uh that doesn't go anywhere but it gets hollywood interested in him um and gets amblin entertainment and in, interested in him and of course, who runs Amblin Entertainment other than Steven Spielberg? Spielberg becomes very interested in Crichton's work uh, and his projects. And so he just uh, is like, hey, what else are you working on? This is about 1990 at this point. And he said, well, I'm really interested in dinosaurs. Um, you know, I'm interested in making something about uh, dinosaurs. And I got this book, this little manuscript right here. And basically, he wrote the book Jurassic Park pretty much at the same time that he was writing the script for Jurassic Park. And Hollywood goes apeshit. They go absolutely nuts for this script. Everybody in Hollywood wants it. It ends up with Spielberg and Universal, and uh, they're going to do it. They're, they're gung-ho. They're going to do this project. And they don't even know how, really, at first. Like, they didn't worry about casting. They didn't worry about locations. None of it. The first thing they worried about was the art department. They were worried about exactly how they were going to make dinosaurs. Yeah. At first, the project uh, was going to be a mix of animatronics and stop motion animation. So uh, they go to a company called Stan Winston Studios. This is a company that handled animatronics for such movies as Terminator and Alien. So they were very reputable. Um, they went with a very uh, seasoned pro in the stop motion realm called, uh, his name was Phil Tibbet. Uh, he worked on Star Wars. He did uh, stop motion animation for Star Wars as well as Robocop. Um, so yeah. they get things going. They're you know, they're trying to roll out, get all of, and, and that's the thing, you know, stop motion animation, they got to make a bunch of different models with different features and everything. And so they got to start rolling on that before they ever start anything else in pre-production for the film. Um, because that's so incredibly time consuming. Um, so they, uh, 
kind of helped outsource all the editing for the stop motion animation because basically the problem they were running into let me just say first and foremost it's steven spielberg he wants this to look as real as possible right so the problem they were running into with the stop motion animation you know obviously stop motion animation it looks pretty jerky right perky jerky yep perky jerky you're not getting what's called motion blur with stop motion animation. And what that is for some who may not know, and if you do know, I'm going to reiterate to you what it is, and you're just going to have to sit here for 30 seconds. Basically, motion blur is quite literally the blur that you see on camera in a shot in a movie that happens because someone moves very quickly within the frame. You know, someone throws a punch then you know that fist is moving faster exactly motion blur exactly that (laughs) the fist is moving faster than the 24 frames per second and basically Mm -hmm. you get this motion blur with the fist going and it just kind of looks like you know blurry arm going in that frame with stop motion animation you are uh with stop motion animation the filmmakers are taking one picture and that's one frame. And then they take another picture with the, whatever's in the frame, like slightly moved. So it gives the implication that the object is moving and you do that. You take 24 pictures and that's one second of the film. And you can imagine that there are a lot of seconds in the runtime for a film. So you are taking hundreds (laughs) hundreds if not thousands of pictures to accomplish successful stop motion animation so to add the motion blur in to make it look realistic they went with a company called industrial light and magic this is in fact uh george lucas's company um so he and phil tibbet have worked together before obviously on star wars um, so they're they're kind of keeping it within that Hollywood circle. And of course, Spielberg and George Lucas were best friends anyway. Um, so they go to... And here's where the story takes a turn. They go to Industrial Light and Magic, George Lucas's company, to get their workers to add the motion blur to the stop motion animation to make it look more realistic. Um the lead for that task was a man by the name of Steve Spaz Williams. And uh, basically, the level, the expertise they had in adding the, stop, the motion blur um, was all uh, artificial. It was, you know, digital creation. Basically, we're talking about early CGI here. Um, so... I'm trying to find the words. Steve Spaz Williams does the motion blur, does what he's supposed to, but he and his partner also go a little rogue and they develop mm-hmm. a um, a little demo of a dinosaur walking. A CGI dinosaur walking. And it was just the bones, just the skeleton. They didn't add any skin or features or anything like that. But they add, they made just a few, a little few second clip, which I'm sure took months, of a dinosaur just walking in place. 
they took this little clip of the dinosaur walking as a CGI mock-up to their boss and said, hey, we can put this in the film. We can make it look even more realistic. And their boss told them to, in so many words, shut the fuck up. Do not pursue this. Let it go. Because, again, this is George Lucas's studio. The stop-motion professional that is working on Jurassic Park at the time was a friend of George Lucas's. Basically, this is all Hollywood politics is why they're told not to pursue this. Um, They're told to let it lie. Don't do anything else with it. Just do the motion blur like you're supposed to. So what they did was um, they had meetings with the producers and uh, other supervisors to make sure that the motion blur they were adding in looked good to make sure that the stop motion animation looked good for the project. So they would have the producers and their boss, everybody would come over uh, every now and then for that, for a check for just a quality control check. They would show them the clips that they added motion blur to, and that would be it. They would say, all right, looks good. Keep going. Um, What they did in one of these meetings, they're in a little room. They pull up the dinosaur, their CGI dinosaur, and face it toward the door, just kind of off to the side. But they face it toward the door with the CGI mock-up going, and they just wait. They wait for the executive producer to come in, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, the executive producer, Kathleen Kennedy fucking mm-hmm. powerhouse producer juggernaut her name has been on more shit than probably anyone else's in hollywood I, that that's a stretch but it, it is possible um she shows he, he they show it to the door they pull up the motion blur that they're going to show them and they just wait then when they come in kathleen kennedy their boss and a few other people from the studio they come in and they're immediately presented with this CGI dinosaur walking flawlessly, you know, looks absolutely perfect. So, so real, much more real than anything they'd seen before, because this is early CGI. They, they, no one had used this much in movies. It had been used, but never to an extent where it was used throughout the whole film. Um, you know, basically uh, Spaz, had worked on such films as the abyss and terminator 2 doing cgi effects for those before this um which i'm you know if you, you know the terminator 2 the the liquid metal cop all those effects they're the guys that did that so kathleen kennedy comes in they're all taken aback they look at it and then uh next thing you know they're getting pats on the back and saying you have a very bright future in this industry they get asked to do a full scale mock-up, add the skin, add the textures and everything, extend it a little bit. They spend months doing, like, again, just a few seconds. This all takes very a very long time to do, arguably almost as long, if not just as long, as stop-motion animation. But same amount of time, you're going to get better effects out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So they get asked to make a clip of the dinosaur with skin, flesh, bone, everything, walking just to see how it looked. They do it. They bring Steven Spielberg. I believe George Lucas was also in there. Kathleen Kennedy and a few other people to just come into a screening room and see it. And uh, yeah, 
basically, Steven Spielberg saw it and said, this is how we're doing the whole movie. Hollywood is never going to be the same again. And um, that was That's basically true. the case. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, yeah, so uh, they start doing the CGI. And I mean, you, you kind of assume what happened. And this is kind of where it pairs with our previous episode. This almost killed stop motion animation. Almost a shout out to uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, who kind of kept it alive. That's right. That's right. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Phil yeah. Phil Tibbet was out of a job. Uh, there, basically, he was rendered yeah. completely useless. They're not doing anything. A lot of people viewed it at the time before a Nightmare uh, Before Christmas came out. They viewed it as kind of the uh, death of stop motion animation in film. Yeah, absolutely. Because I and and we already kind of touched on that point. If you're going to have to spend an exuberant amount of time anyway, you might as well get much more realistic, better effects out of it. Yeah. So we almost killed stop motion animation here, but that would not be the case thanks to a little movie called Nightmare Before Christmas that would come uh, actually later that same year. So back to Jurassic Park. They figured out how they're going to do the dinosaurs. They get it all rolling. They cast the movie. They go to Hawaii. They're hit by a hurricane filming in Hawaii. The entire island that they were on gets goes into like martial law, and they're shut down. They have no access to anything. They don't have any more resources. Um, Kathleen Kennedy does her boss shit. Runs. Kathleen Kennedy runs into the pilot. From Raiders of the Last Ark. And he is now, mm -hmm. who is now a pilot for Hawaiian Airlines. She, wow. she says, hey, I need a favor. They hop on a plane with a bunch of supplies. And they fly to Hawaii to, Hawaii to give them all the supplies and make sure that they finish shooting. They wow. do it. They somehow get it accomplished. They get the supplies. They finish shooting. And then they go into post-production and uh, complete the movie after several months. The movie premieres on June 9th at the Uptown Theater 1993 in Washington, D.C. Um, and then it has a full release two days later, June 11th, 1993. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like Jurassic Park, before it came out, everyone kind of knew like this was going to be the movie to go see you know what i mean uh yeah like you know there are those cases where like a movie comes out and it just becomes like a wild success out of nowhere this is one that like everyone knew it was going to be incredibly successful and everyone flocked to see it i mean it uh the budget was 63 million how much do you think it grossed Hmm. I'm gonna say 1.2 billion. Oh, really? Uh, I'm That's gonna, what I'm gonna say. I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing, throwing it at a wall. That that's not that far over. Um, yeah. It, oh. Yeah. No. Uh, it grossed 914 million. Okay. So okay. I'm it, not too far off. I mean, I don't think any movie at this point had broken that one billion dollar uh, cap. You know. 
Um, this was actually when it came yeah. out. This was the highest grossing film of all time when it came out. Do you, would you like to take yeah. a guess at which movie overthrew it? Titanic. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course. Uh, yeah, so, um, so yeah, I mean, incredible financial success, incredible um, critic acclaim. This movie was just a success firing on all cylinders. Uh, nearly killed stop motion, brought CGI into the mainstream, and movies were made completely different from then on. CGI was the standard. But let's talk about something else now. After this movie came out, there was a crazy rise in paleontologists. This movie came out. Every kid that went to see it was like, yeah, I want to go dig for dinosaurs now. Like, that's it. Um, so from, yeah. from 1984 to 1994, there were roughly 15 new species discovered per year. Um, but as of, uh, according to a 2018 interview I got off of NPR, there is a new species discovered on average every 10 days. Wow. Yeah. So, like, we are, I, I don't know if we are still in it, but in, in the teens, like the 20 teens, we were in, we, we, we've been in the, what is called, golden age of paleontology. And that is real shit. That is what experts in the field have referred to it as. Because think about it, like, all the kids mm -hmm. that were, you know, everyone who was a kid when they saw it grew up, like... 10 plus whatever years later and then became exactly that. They got their PhD and became paleontologists um, by the age of 30. You know what this reminds me of? What's that? Um, are you familiar with um, the <clears throat> the Scully effect? From X-Files? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Uh, sh shut the fuck up. That's another episode. We can't talk about that one yet. <laughs> okay. No, never mind. Edit that out. <laughs> No, but yeah, no, it, yeah, no, exactly that. I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of crazy. Like, uh, I found an interview from someone at Bristol University in England. Um, a professor gave an interview to the Guardian and said, uh, "Yeah, like, I I get thirty students every year, and in every class, I ask, why do you want to be a paleontologist?' And literally every single student says directly. the jeff goldblum picture jeff fucking goldblum right. daddy jeff that's right <laughs> uh that photo yeah the the nbc story changed I, my life did you realize something that day about yourself adam <laughs> he's a very attractive man that's yeah. right that's right uh yeah no the 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 nbc article i found much like myself Yes. He was Mr. Pinecrest material. That's for sure. That's right. He would have gotten it if I wasn't the very first one. If that award existed in his heyday, you know, he probably would have got it. But, yeah, dude, absolutely. You know. Dude, absolutely. I'd beat my meat to you. <laughs> well, you're not the only one. That's fine. I'd do that for you, bro. I mean that from the heart. Um, that doesn't change anything for me. <laughs> I just want you to love me, Adam. Uh, 
Yeah, no. Um, the 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 NBC article that I NBC News article that I found referring to this golden age, um, apparently, like whoever wrote the article even put in there that they they talk about Jurassic Park and the effect it had and uh in the effect that it had in spurring this golden age of of paleontology. And I love that the author of the article literally put in there. We reached out to about a dozen paleontologists for this, and every single one of them cited Jurassic Park as their inspiration. So, yeah, we're we're just living in the Jurassic Park generation. Yeah, yeah. So, pretty much. All right, I'm gonna throw a few shots. Okay, yeah, throw a few shots. Yeah, I was gonna say, I wonder if we're going through a similar age with these most recent Jurassic Park movies. Mm. If I had a hypothesis, I would say no, because I I just don't think they're that good. But then again, I think it started getting kind of silly in the original trilogy as well. I think the first one was the best one. Yeah. And then as the movie progressed, it just was like, you know, there's just not a whole lot you can do with the concept. So they just go crazier and crazier. Yeah. And it kind of just becomes a dumb Hollywood movie at some point. And I think the I think both trilogies kind of suffered from that. Yeah. But I you know, I do think the first one with uh I'll I'll shout them out, Chris Pratt and uh Bryce Dallas Howard and oh my god, I think I feel so bad. I know there was a lot of other people involved in that movie. Those are the only two people I can remember. But yeah. Oh, it's bugging me. It's bugging me. I can't remember a single other person. <laughs> but um, yep. I'm curious if that'll. I I'm super biased, right? In the sense that I just I've watched those movies and I just didn't get a whole lot of joy. The most joy I got out of was uh, Jurassic World, I guess. Um, because that felt the most like Jurassic Park had like a lot of callbacks, and then um. I'm curious if that'll continue the Jurassic Park age of it, paleontology. It, it could. You know, I um, that's the thing. We have no way of knowing until we're, you know, like 18 yeah, years we down can't the line see the or future. whatever. Um, but just, uh, if I'm looking at the movie on a subjective level, I just don't feel like, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of my, uh, what is this, jadedness coming out a little bit? But like, I don't think it will just because we're kind of it was like rehashing something that was popular like 20 ish years ago and i do have like a pretty salty attitude towards hollywood's inability to be original so i just don't have a lot of love for this new jurassic trilogy um but who knows maybe it still does you know kids don't fucking kids don't care about this shit they don't look at movies like uh, you know, Hollywood's not original. You know, they might just fucking like it and it might create a whole new generation. I don't know. But from my perspective, I'm definitely a lot more sour on the uh, most recent trilogy. But it's interesting to see in the next 20-ish years if uh, yeah. they can keep those numbers up. Yeah. And if, like, Jurassic World and that trilogy can kind of help keep pushing that golden age forward even yeah. longer. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. One thing we didn't do, uh, you know what? It, where on your list of Spielberg movies does this fall for you? Like what number? I had. I need to see all of his movies real quick. Oh, I actually do have it up. <laughs> do you? You already have it up. 
Well, yeah, you were talking about it. I kind of thought it would be worth pulling up. Um. Hmm. I'd say top five. It's a top five. Okay. Not my top one. Like, not even close to my top one, but definitely a top five. Okay. Um, do you want me to try and pull out of my ass a top five real quick? Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, do it. All right. Um, Jaws. Dude, do I want to do it in particular order? Do I have to do it in particular order or can I just name them? I, do, you, do you have a particular order for them or can you only narrow it down to a top five? I would have to, I would have to think, I would have to think harder, right, but wait. I can definitely pull out a top five right now. Well, yeah, any order then, for the sake of time. All right. Jaws, definitely in the top five. Um, The Color Purple, in the top five. Um, Minority Report. Uh, Minority Report. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Fuck, this is hard. Yeah, um, got yeah, a lot I of think, got a lot of good I, ones. I, I think I would say Schindler's List. It, yeah, and Jurassic Park. Yeah, but obviously there's still a bunch of great movies still there. But I think that's my personal top five. I'm looking at is all of the movies he's ever made, and that's yeah. I think my top five. Yeah, that's fair. That that's that's. Honorable mentions, honorable mentions, catch me if you can. Lincoln. Um, E.T., I would say, honorable mention. Um, Hook. Oh, yeah, yeah. War of the... Nah, that's not an honorable mention. I don't know, I say War of the Worlds. I have not seen... The Fablemans yet. Um, I haven't seen it either. That's his most recent one. Yeah, but I I'd be interested to see it. It's it's a Steven Spielberg biopic. Auto auto yeah. I'd auto biopic. You know. I was, I'm gonna be real. I haven't seen West Side Story either. I, did, I didn't. I'm not going to. The last one I saw was uh, Ready Player One by him. And I thought that was a good movie. I was pretty entertained. It's just not, I don't know. He just has so many fucking great movies that like, yeah. if if I'm just, you know, putting against his other work, it's just like, ah, it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I agree with that. Um, but, you know, uh, that's cool. Um, you know, John Williams delivers you- again. Steven Spielberg delivers again. Hold up. I feel like you got to give your top five. My top spot, my top five. I think Spiel- that's Spielberg. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Jaws, Schindler's List. Um, definitely Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I'm also going down. Am I... He did Last Crusade. He did War of the Worlds. Are these? He did. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um. Man, whatever. Uh, fucking know. He did not do Transformers. Get the fuck out of here. 
I don't. Where did you get that from? That's it's on <laughs> it's on his list on Google. I feel like these are also movies he's produced. Is why. Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. Go to direct. Yeah, directed. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. But yeah, Jaws, Schindler's List, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Saving Private Ryan. Did he? Did he direct that? He directed that. Yeah, he did. Right, yeah. Four. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. I really enjoyed. Um. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. I'm just gonna be real to the audience, okay? It's yeah. actually uh, one Spielberg film I have not seen yet, so oh, really? I'll definitely watch it. It's not, but it's just there's so many fucking there's so much media out there. Some yeah. slip through the cracks. That just happened to be one of them. But yeah, so, I'll totally watch that. That that may crack the top five if I watch it. Other than that, it's it's probably um, I don't yeah, know, one e- more. Yeah, four. Et or or Lincoln. I don't know. Um. But honestly, there's yeah, one. Yeah, pick one. Fuck. Yeah, pick one. Uh, Lincoln. I didn't. E.T. is okay. Right. Whatever. Um, honestly, what <laughs> the one that I have not seen that I truly want to see and need to see, and I feel like it might land in my top five, um, AI. Ah, okay. Because do you know who wrote hey, it? Wait. No. That That is a Stanley Kubrick script. Whoa. He he wrote okay. that he wrote that before he died toward the end of his life. Uh, he gave it to Spielberg. Oh, yeah, he gave it to Spielberg and said, "Hey, I want you to do this." That makes me want to rewatch it. I uh, yeah, I I, I, didn't, I, I watched didn't, it. I kind of watched it when it first came out, and I was really young and I didn't have that context. Yeah, so I wonder if that'll recontextualize yeah. that film for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you seen Minority Report? No, actually, I haven't seen Minority Report. I've heard a lot yeah, of that them. one. That's a fucking good one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, watch yeah. It. I, yeah. Well, so I think that kind of wraps it up on Jurassic Park. I don't really have much else to say about it, uh, other than uh, it was incredibly impactful in a number of ways to the film industry as well as well as the scientific community. So I think that wraps it up. Maybe we can uh, do a little little. Uh, choreographed sign-off for him there. What do you think? <laughs> Let's do the mega happy ending. Oh, good call. <laughs> yeah. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, please, again, if you have not liked, followed, subscribed to us, do all of it or you're dead to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be back real soon. Um, I think we kind of took a bit of a month, two month hiatus here, but we really want to start getting back into it, um, with our episodes, start letting out some more clips, um, pretty consistently here soon. Um, we're going to be starting our fan club, the film anthropologists. I just came up with that on the spot. That's not the name. But yeah. Let's, let's, let's think on that one. Let's, okay, let's not well, that. I thought that was good, but whatever. Um, so please Let's think about it. <laughs> I fucking hate you. All right. Uh, yes. Thank you for coming to film topology. I'm Tyler. I am unfortunately Adam and please go touch grass at some point. Yeah. Touch. Yes. Touch grass. Watch movies. See you guys later. <laughs>